my mom has all her hope on me, right? She sent me yeah. overseas, study, getting educated in a really good schools in Australia, and then hopefully that I can get a stable job, well-paid job, get married, have kids. Well, <laughs> apparently, I have doing none of that. <laughs> <laughs> So, luckily, is I have never been a person following a mainstream. Welcome to Lead with Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question: Are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there, and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey, everybody, it's Jason Patria, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for people just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand every single day. Well, I have an amazing guest on today's show. It is Jill Tang, who is a serial entrepreneur, community builder, and women in STEM advocate. In fact, she's the co-founder of Ladies Who Tech. But before we get to Jill, I want to talk a little bit about ensuring that you are clear on your brand attributes. Now, we've talked about brand attributes quite a bit. Those are those adjectives, those descriptors that we love to supersize that really become that word bank that is uniquely you. But I have people come to me all of the time and they're like, Jason, I can't figure out my words and I don't know how to describe myself and I don't want to be braggadocious and, and I don't know how to do that. Well, I have a quick tip and trick for you today. And you always hear me ask at the end of the podcast, I ask people to share what type of car they would be. So right now, that's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to think about what type of car you would be and why. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to fantasize about what type of car you want to be. I want you to think about if you were actually a car, right? If you were a transformer and transformed from yourself, into an automotive vehicle, what type of car would you be? Now, you all know that I am a huge Jeep Wrangler fan. In fact, I've only driven Jeep Wranglers for the last 25 years, and I've only owned one other type of car before that. And I always knew that I wanted to be like a Jeep Wrangler ever since I was 16 years old. And my friend in high school, Megan Larson, her grandmother bought her a white Jeep Wrangler with the soft top, and we would go and drive to the Glendale Galleria in it, and I loved it. And then I remember later in the early 90s seeing that movie Clueless with Alicia Silverstone, where she, as Cher, drove around Beverly Hills honking the horn and racing around. And you know, for me, I've always loved Jeep Wranglers because to me, they're fun and they're showy and they're fast and they've got a little bit of power in their dynamic. And you're probably thinking, well, those aren't the words that you would use to describe a Jeep Wrangler. And that's okay because that's the type of Jeep Wrangler that Jason. 
Patria is. There's other people who are Jeep Wranglers because they're rough and tumble and off-road and dirty and go anywhere. And that's great because that might be somebody else's brand. You see, when you can do a analogy to something like a vehicle, you can suddenly start to identify those descriptors or those elements that make you unique, even in a world filled with automobiles. Now, I will tell you, prior to COVID, I was speaking at a really big conference, and I asked the audience, you know, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? And a woman in the back raised her hand, and right, this was a room of like two or 3,000 folks, a huge ballroom, and I went out there, and I gave her the microphone, and she said, I know exactly what type of car I am. I am a beat-up old station wagon. And literally the entire room erupted in laughter. And that woman, she said, stop, stop, stop. And she actually grabbed the microphone back from me and she said, everybody stop. I am like a beat up old station wagon and I'm going to tell you why. She said, I'm not the sexiest, newest model on the block. I have been around for a long time. In fact, I've got some dents and scrapes to prove it. But you know what? I can open all of my doors. I can bring people on board and I can drive people from Los Angeles to New York safely and reliably. And I'm going to get us all there knowing that we are together. And the entire room was silent. And then it erupted in a standing ovation for this woman because in 30 seconds or 60 seconds, she was able to identify exactly what made her uniquely her, what made her different from everybody else. And here, she wasn't even talking about a particular brand of car. She was just using it as an analogy to talk about her. You know, and I looked at her and I talked to her a little bit afterwards and it was clear, you know what? She had been around in her industry for a long time and she had those battle scars. She was just like what she described but she probably would not have gotten there without the comfort of that analogy. So think for yourself, what type of car are you authentically and why? And use that to start building your brand attributes. Well, I am super thrilled about our guest today. It is Jill Tang. She is the co-founder of Ladies Who Tech, which is a social enterprise focusing on changing the status quo and promoting gender diversity and inclusion in the STEM industry by offering women digital skilling education, career opportunities, and community network. Now, Ladies Who Tech has more than 50,000 members across greater China, and in fact, has presence in 12 cities across Asia Pacific, including Singapore and Kuala Lumpur. Now, I was thrilled to meet Jill Tang in person because she and her co-founder invited me to co-host the Ladies Who Tech Shanghai Conference a couple of years ago, and I got to see her on stage inspiring women at multinational companies from around China and Asia Pacific. Now, Jill has been featured in Forbes China, The Guardian, BBC, Technode, CNN, all about her work. She was also a finalist for the 2016 Australia-China Young Alumni of the Year and a Top 100 Gen T in China by Asia Tatler in 2019. Now, in 2020, she was also awarded the Social Impact Award at AmCham 
Future Leaders of the Year Award. We'll be back in just a few moments with Jill Tang, serial entrepreneur, community builder, and women in STEM advocate. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am so thrilled about our guest today. It is Jill Tang, who is the co-founder of Ladies Who Tech, coming all the way in from Shanghai, China. Jill, what's going on? What's up, guys? Hello, this is Jill. Hello from Shanghai. Oh my gosh, Jill, it is so great to connect with you again. I mean, since COVID, none of us have really been able to travel, and it's been almost two years since we, we've we been together uh, in, in your uh, hometown of Shanghai. Yeah, Jason, we missed you. We, we absolutely <laughs> loved the energy you brought over from a sunny uh, Los Angeles, you know, from the other part of the world. We, missed, <laughs> we, we absolutely missed that. And your smile, your, your bubbly uh, personality, that's you know yeah hope to see you soon yes well well i will be back to support uh ladies who tech soon but today is all about you jill so talk to me when you introduce yourself to folks and i know that you do networking all across china all across uh the asia pacific region how do you introduce yourself and explain who you are and what you do Wow, you know, I I think it's actually a really um, tough question for most of people. Um, Yeah. Because a lot of people will confuse with what they do equals who they are, right? Mm. You know, you often will say, oh, so please introduce yourself. And then often people will say, okay, I am the co-founder of Lazy Tech. And that seems like that's Jill, but it's not true. Um, I really believe, you know, I'm who I am, which I am a very playful, cheerful person. All I want to do, the biggest project, uh, you know, in the world, if it's about my full-time job, is to really live the life. Um, so everything I do, doesn't matter, it's work, hobby, uh, it's only support um, what I want to, uh, in, which is enjoy the life. That's that's what I want to do. So Jill, please remember me. I'm a happy person living in Shanghai. I'm willing to help others. Uh, but currently I'm working on a social impact for uh, women's empowerment in STEM industry. Yeah. And so, so I love that you really say, you know, what you do is not necessarily who you are, right? Um, but it sounds like one of the great things is what you do is actually an extension of what you believe and, and what your passions are, right? So, so tell us a little bit about your, your work with ladies who tech and really helping, uh, increase gender diversity and inclusion in STEM. Yeah. So our work, I mean, also the mission is very simple. Uh, we wanted to promote gender diversity and inclusion, um, in, especially in the STEM industry. So how we do it is is through uh, basically uh, building the awareness um, and uh, building the awareness and inspiration uh, through four pillars. So that was one of uh, that is one of them. And secondly, is uh, helping women in the digital empowerment, as in upskilling and the reskilling in terms of the digital skills and the third pillar uh, is about career development which we have our mini program uh, or mini app uh, to uh, 
matching the jobs between women STEM talent and a company. And then obviously the fourth pillar is about leadership. Very cool. Very cool. So so talk to me because you're all focused on career development. Jill, I'm interested a little bit in your career. So when you think back over the years, what are what are some of the experiences or some of the moments that you had where you really felt, wow, you you had a career breakthrough or you really got to the next level of your your career or your journey? Yeah, I, I think my path uh, is. Um... It's not a very, uh, I would say, uh, aligned with what the majority um, are doing, right? Because a lot of yeah. people would have a career plan uh, or life plan, right? I think I would only have a work plan. I don't really have a plan for life, which where you think about that, 99% people will feel extremely uncomfortable because they all want to know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. So, so. Doing ladies who tech or everything else, what I, what I have been doing, it seems that there's one same pattern is I have always been the chosen one, as in I was not actively or purposely looking for what I was doing or what I'm mm. doing right now, but seems like it just naturally happened and I surrendered to what happened to me. Um, but obviously the realization only came through when I start doing a self-realization or spirituality development. Then I realized, oh, actually everything else, what, what I was doing, this is what I did. Um, but mm. so that's why I have never really followed one particular career path. Um, I, but one thing is I always choose what made me happy and what I love, even though in a lot of people's eyes, it's not consistent. It's not stable. But I'm still choosing what I think, uh, you know, uh, what made me happy. Yeah. And and talk to me for, you know, someone like myself as a Westerner, right? You know, how does that sort of brush up against traditional Chinese culture? Oh, tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I had uh, many years of um, culture clash within the family. I grew up in a single family. So my mom has all her hope on me, right? She sent me yeah. overseas, study, getting educated in a really good schools in Australia. And then hopefully that I can get a stable job, well-paid job, get married, have kids. Well, <laughs> apparently <laughs> I have doing none of that. <laughs> so that really made her wonder, maybe I shouldn't send you overseas. That was a, a huge mistake. Um, so she actually told me that she feel she she regretted she sent me overseas, um, and uh, she she I, I should have just stayed in Shanghai and then probably I I already done whatever she wanted me to do. So yes, when when uh, I had a, a many years of uh, uh, you know pressure from family. Um, so back then my relationship with my mom was not very well. We love each other, but we argue fight all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but then also I would have a social pressure from, you know, uh, basically uh, the, the society here in China. But luckily is I have never been a person following a mainstream. So the external yeah. one is actually not too bad. I think the majority of the pressure was from my mom. So answering question, it was really tough. Yeah. And I love, Jill, that you talked about uh, you know, many of your breakthroughs and your opportunities aren't things that you necessarily sought out, but but 
they came to you and you had a sense of being open. I, in fact, you used the term you surrendered, right? And I, I talk to people all of the time that say they're just really thrown off when things happen and they're not part of the plan. So for you, how did you know when those opportunities came that they were the right things to surrender to? I don't know. I mean, I would never know whether it's something uh, uh, right for me or not. If they presented to me, which means it, it meant to be, it meant to happen. Um, so I think the um, the only measurement for me, whether I should follow or surrender to that situation is really following my gut feeling. Uh, and also, mm. of course, uh, it has to be aligned with, um, uh, I guess, you know, three different things, uh, uh, element that I would measure whether I want to do it or not, right? Three things. One is whether I can grow at a personal level. Secondly, mm. whether it's fun, whether this is a great experience. And third thing, uh, also, I actually develop it that that third pillar was from my experience with ladies who tech is whether I can make a contribution, I can create a value for a bigger purpose. But this is actually a new add on um, uh, perspective when I making life choices uh, that was actually developed from uh, from ladies who tech platform, because a lot of Chinese, to be honest, especially, um, you know, we, we, we often more, um, less talking about bigger purpose. A lot of time, we always mm. at a very practical level. If I do this thing, right, whether it's useful, you will hurt a lot. Oh, if you do this, if you spend that money, whether it's useful, but how do you define useful, right? We always needed to quantify that. So that gives us a security, feel secure. Mm. Yeah, but, but you know, a lot of time, you know, uh, what, what I also wanted to do is to inspire others to think about a bigger purpose. Yeah. So I love that you've created this filter for yourself, right? It's like a your own, it's the Jill Tang decision making matrix here, right? And I love that that you are agile enough, right? Am I speaking in STEM terms, right? Oh, You're agile it. enough to to add, right? To to say, oh, I, I want to actually add a building block to this about, you know, the inspiration and and the the bigger purpose. Now, Jill, I love that you're so clear when you communicate. Kate, on your website and on LinkedIn, you you call yourself a serial entrepreneur, a community builder, and a women in STEM advocate. So talk to me a little bit about being a serial entrepreneur. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, um, it's definitely fun, but it's also really tough. I think I have... Um a lot of respect to all entrepreneurs there. It doesn't matter they are women or, or men. You know, respect to all of the entrepreneurs for whoever chosen uh, cho uh, chose that as as their life uh, lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think I think for me is I was following the majority uh, the mainstream path is I went to good school and then I went to a big corporate and then uh, hoping that I can climb the corp corporate ladder right getting well paid. Yeah, uh, that was. I, that that's what I thought that was the plan for me. But then I realized being a serial entrepreneur or, or getting on the startup uh, or entrepreneurial journey is a really a great way to get to know myself better. Uh, you mm. know, my background was in finance and accounting, and I thought I, I was pretty good in math and dealing with Excel sheet. But turns out through this entrepreneurial journey, I realized actually I'm a quite creative person. 
I, yeah. I I'm, I'm good at numbers, but I don't enjoy that. I actually a, a creative um uh, uh, for me creativity is very important element on everything I do. Uh, you know, uh, so that's why uh, which is also aligned with agile. If things are not flexible. Maybe it's not really something that I would enjoy. So, yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah, so I think uh, the whole, uh, you know, serial entrepreneurship experience. Really, one most important thing is get to know myself. Secondly, is building up a, a actually getting to know myself. Uh, part of me that I I never expect to get uh, to get to know. Secondly, is really. Help me to looking at the world in a completely different um, uh, way, and also, um, you know, help me to sharpen a lot of skill sets that I would never pick up from school. Yeah, yeah, it's that that the the school of real life, right? Uh, and and real business. Yes. So, Jill, let's talk a little bit around your personal and professional brand. How would, give me three words that you would use to describe your professional brand. Of course, women, tech, impactful, um, and fun. Cool. Sorry, I use it more than three words. <laughs> That's okay. I love that, right? Impactful, fun, uh, cool, cool, right? And and so so talk to me about talk to me about fun and cool, right? Because it 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 seems to me that those are are words that most people don't use to describe themselves. But you've even told me like one of your pillars is like, you're not going to make a a choice to do something if it doesn't have an element of fun to it. So talk to me about how fun and cool are part of your brand. Yeah. So I think, you know, to talk about that, we have to use a tangible example, right? So if you look at our, our visual logo design, uh, yeah. we, we wanted to make a very uh, uh, gender neutral because it's not like when you talk about women, it's always red, pink, purple. We make them black, white. And then we, we can always agile in terms of color in a different situations, right? Um, so that's already on the visual wise. It, we really make it a very uh, uh, fashionable look, even though it's a tech brand, but we make it actually quite fashionable. So girls yeah. and guys actually really like it. So then we have a lot of visual that we can play around with that we can make a lot of, uh, uh, you know, cool and fashionable merchants, T-shirt or, you know, mask. It's actually really cool. Um, so this is already uh, a basically a reflection, a tangible reflection uh, or um, for that uh, the, the, the value that we're trying to communicate with our audience that you need to show uh, that part. Secondly, is through the style of the events. Uh, the tone that we we communicate with our audience is always uh, we don't we never really put a hierarchy uh, within our team and also at events we never have a VIP seats you know you're a CEO great uh, welcome you are an intern great welcome you know everyone has a role to play so we make it really flattered uh, structure for team and for our community and they make sure they uh, remove that barrier when they communicate and at equal level. So, so then when they remove those like kind of um, things to limit themselves, they can absolutely be themselves when they are at our event. Then they can have much more fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Jill, I love that you even describe, you know, how you take your brand and you bring that to the events that you architect and produce and really put that into those tangible um 
tangible actions that people can see and feel. You know, it's like now that you describe that to me, I think back to when um, I was so so lucky that that you uh, invited me to to come up and 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 play with you on stage as a, a co-host at Ladies Who Tech a few years ago. But I remember being blown away because I was like, oh my gosh, this is you know this is a conference that's all these huge multinational corporations and it's a show, right? Like we had robots and dancers and like lasers and smoke effects and, you know, just really amazing things that I absolutely was like, wow, this was like probably one of the most fun, you know, corporate type of events that I've been to. And it certainly had that cool factor. And it's so cool to hear in retrospect, you actually talk about how intentional all of those things are. Now, talk to me because you interact with so many senior level executives at Chinese companies and big multinational uh, companies as an advisor, as a, a speaker and a and a consultant. How do you show up as fun and cool in those situations, right? How, how do you turn the volume up or turn the volume down, but still be true to yourself knowing that the audience may be different? <laughs> that's uh, that's a great question. Um, I think the secret, um, firstly, is definitely being myself. So I'm trying to be consistent. Who uh, who I uh, being who I am in front of all different type of uh, audience doesn't matter. As I said, it's our volunteer, our intern, or a CEO of the company. So I make sure I look or I feel, make them feel and look the exactly same person. Um, the only difference will be the situational and a topic, what we talk. Mm. That will be the only thing that will be different, right? Uh, yeah. So if it's talking about collaboration, then I will be really understand from their point of view, uh, what's their motivation and what they want to get out of it, right? Even with volunteer, same thing. Why they want to volunteer a platform, especially if they don't get paid. So they must have their uh, motivation. Then I'll talk to them in that uh, situation. But overall, at the bottom line, I treat everyone the same. Um, mm. But situationally, of course, you have to treat them differently because the situation yeah. is different. Yeah. And how do you handle some of those tough conversations? Because I know in many cases, you are someone that is there to help influence and and push the needle or maybe push the envelope with, with companies that could clearly do a better job around gender diversity, especially in the tech space. Um, I would say, you know, it's actually... The situation is the tough situation. I mean, we 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 definitely get a lot of uh, challenges, right? Um, you know, yeah. when when the things they don't understand, right? So so it's all about a mind shifting. Um, and then I think firstly is empathy. You understand why they don't understand because mm. because it's normal. If everyone understands, then there's no job for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. So yeah. yeah, so because they don't understand, that's why I come into a play a role, that's where I can make money. <laughs> right? <laughs> so so I mean, everyone put whatever they have on the table, right? So I think, you know, it's really about mind shifting education process and it's definitely a long-term uh, process. It's not overnight. Uh, you know, uh, awareness. So I think one is to understand what blocking them, not understanding the value of gender diversity inclusion. Because sometimes yeah. it might not be their mindset in, it, because it, at the end of the day, they, if they want to push that, those people who does the execution, 
they actually need the support internally, especially with large corporation. They have so many different departments, looking like it's owned by same company, but they all have their own motivation and KPI. So sometimes you just have to admit, like you have to just um, agree. You know, some company takes longer time. Some company want to want to do it right now. So I would prioritize,、uh, you know, with the one that le-、uh, needed the least education, that I will work with them directly,、uh, instantly, right? And then with、yeah. the one requires mid to long term education, I'll be patient. Yeah, yeah. Now talk to me a, a little bit about when you say that you're fun and cool and impactful and obviously focused on women in tech. Has that always been part of the Jill brand, or how has your brand evolved over time as you've traveled and gone to school and had different experiences? I would say there's a few different stage. I didn't、yeah. know who I was.、Um, <laughs> Uh, even when I graduated from、uh, B school, I was、yeah. not really sure who I was. But overall, I'm I have always been consistent. That I'm I'm over、uh, I'm a experience driven person and I'm quite playful, right? So then you can、yeah. also see I brought those、uh, values to everything I do. So before ladies who tech, I have always started an entrepreneur uh, journey uh, surround by community. The first one was Chinese overseas returnees.、Uh, it's、mm. it's about video recruitment, right? And back then the concept was too new to the market because、um, we don't have TikTok. I mean, I'm not going to build a TikTok by myself. Because obviously it's a, such a tough job, so I don't have any platform that I can leverage to communicate that new concept. So the timing wasn't right. And second、um, community was about craft beer.、Um, I started craft beer community even before Goose Island came to China, right? To really、yeah. ed- educate the whole market about what craft beer is. So I realized a lot of things I was doing here in China is always a kind of、um, trendsetter. I'm always the one、yeah. introducing a new concept to the market, and why ladies who tech can make it is because the timing is right.、Um, mm. So, so that's why.、Um, so, I think you know. Back to your question is before I knew who I was,、um, the only thing I was consistent is ex- experience driven and having fun. But now I'm still the same person, exper- experience driven and having fun, but with purpose. Oh yeah, I love that. And Jill, help our listeners understand how were you able to figure out the why for yourself? What was that moment?、Um, I think it really started from、um, it was a I would say my spirituality journey. So actually, twenty sixteen when I was visiting LA, I met a mutual friend、uh, of 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 mine.、Um, I we were talking about a spirituality level. Uh, on on you know、uh, we're looking for what's a, li- a life purpose. So that actually started a journey of me looking for more. And then、um, you know I went to、um, Frankfurt to attending an automotive show. And then I met the first、uh, world certified、uh, cyber guy. He has his this device in, on his head, helping him to identify the color because he's color blind. So he has、mm. this extension.、Uh, we call it adopted organ. Right to to sense the the color,、yeah. and then I met you know、uh, randomly I met a, a girl not randomly but a scheduled meeting with this、uh, lady work at JPL Lab in, in NASA, and she was talking about the Mars because he was working、uh, she was working on a Mars project. So I think overall,、uh, whatever those experience has helping me to understand there's so much more in this world that you cannot understand even science. Cannot explain, so that made me a lot more humble and really trying to looking internally 
from external to internally. Then in 2019, I went to Myanmar for 10 days with Pasana, which I think Steve Jobs did in India. So, so I think this is all about the transition from external to internal, helping me getting to know myself day by day. So, so, but everyone has their own way. Someone maybe get to know themselves through, uh, you know, painting, singing, running. Uh, everyone has its own way. But for me, it's more about uh, these different, uh, the what do you call it, um, the daily practice, but also communication with people. Because I think I'm a communicator. So I can learn a lot from other person's experience. Yes. Let me ask you a couple of fun questions. We've been talking about your brand, Jill, but what brand do you love? What is one of those consumer brands that you are obsessed with or or you can't live without? Apple. (laughs) 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 Because because I'm not a I'm not a luxury brand. I mean, if luxury brand want to sponsor me some product, I'm happy to have them. But I I, 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 I probably wouldn't invest in too much of uh, uh, money on it. Uh, but for me, it's like, you know, I have to have uh, electric uh, uh, goods for me to be able to uh, enjoy my personal growth and learning. So I guess Apple is something that I cannot live without. <laughs> <laughs> and and why Apple versus another brand? Oh, <laughs> I think I think is one is definitely from the product perspective. Uh, they are very beautifully designed. They're really thinking about from a consumer perspective because you you literally do the minimal work, but uh, you can uh, get the maximized uh, benefit, right? Secondly, yeah. you know, I'm you know in certain things I'm pretty uh, uh, um, uh, 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 appearance driven, so I think Apple is really good looking. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's it's cool, and I think I'm yeah. cool. So cool people using cool product. Um, I think Apple really needs to pay me endorsement fee. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, Now, Jill, tell me, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Whatever Elon Musk builds. (laughs) (laughs) And why do you say that? Um, I... You know, um, um, people might have different um, uh, idea on Elon Musk, but I'm a huge fan of him. And um, I, I'm liking him of his vision, not really the, the product. So the same thing as Apple, right? I think Apple itself is they're building a product for people who think they're different, right? And I have yeah. always been the non-mainstream person in a certain way. Yeah. So so that's why, and I'm always a fan of a visionary person. So I, I don't follow like um, idols, like a pop star idols, but I'm following people who has bigger vision. Uh, so even the so Apple same thing, Elon Musk the same thing. So if I believe in their value and their vision, so whatever they produce, if I can afford, uh, I would follow them. Yeah, and so you give a lot of career advice. I know through Ladies Who Tech, you you do so much speaking and so much training and so much career development. What's your best piece of career advice that you'd like to pass on to our our listeners? Self-realization is always the number one step because um, I think China, um, they're a logical, because uh, I, also, I'm, I'm also a, a big follower of uh, Simon Sinek, right? The author of yeah. Star From Why, right? Um, so because the why, how, what is really more, it's more applied and more common in a Western culture. In China, I think it's the other way around. A lot of people know what they do how they do it, but a lot of them barely asking why. That's why they always say, 
if they're asking why, it's always say, oh, what's the tangible result for me to, to invest in this and this, right? Yeah. Uh, because the why is very hard to measure by money, fame, or like uh, followers. Everyone needs a number or data for them to feel it's important. But sometimes certain things you cannot measure by number, only by your feel, feeling, right? So, yeah. so, back to, so back to your question, I think it's really to... Um, I know it sounds fluffy. There's no step one, two, three, five for you to follow, but definitely trying to practice um, uh, to to train the your 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 sensitivity of uh, of surroundings and really using that situation to get to know yourself, which lead to the self realization. And then once yeah. you figure once you're figuring that, um, then you can even sell coffee. You can open a bar. You can, I don't know, become a freelancer, a travel blogger. It doesn't matter. It's only what you do, right? They are not important. The most important thing is what do you do, whether it supports the why. Well, Jill Tang, thank you so much for bringing your fun and cool uh, spirit and bringing us a lot of impact as we think about our own brands and our career. I will see you soon when we can travel again. Yes, please, Jason. I'm waiting for you here in Shanghai. Thank you, Jill. And how can folks learn more about Ladies Who Tech? Oh, please get on LinkedIn, uh, looking for Ladies Who Tech, or search my name, Jill Town. You will find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thanks, Jill. Thank you. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, I just loved our conversation with Jill Tang. She has so much energy and spirit, and I love that she says that she's impactful, fun, and cool because you feel that coming right through your earbuds. Now, one of the things that really stood out to me about Jill was this whole notion of finding and building a filter for you to make career decisions or even life decisions. You know, it really jumped out at me when Jill said, said she really focuses on is an experience or an opportunity going to help her grow her knowledge, skills, and ability. That was like her first pillar. Then her second one, in order for it to be on brand for her, is it it has to be fun. If there's not an element of fun there, it's not something that she's going to want to do. It's not probably something that she's going to feel she's going to be her best at. And it's certainly not something that's going to allow her to lead with her brand. And at the end, I love that she said over time, she's added a third pillar or decision-making criteria. And that is, is, does it have a bigger purpose? Does it help impact the world? Does it help change? society, because that's really going back to one of her core beliefs and and really making sure that all of her work, whether it's her career work or her life's work, is driving towards her core belief. So that's your homework. What is your core belief and how can you create a decision-making criteria or filter for making great career choices? 
Well, that's our show for today. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you subscribe and follow on iTunes so you can get our show every single Tuesday. And of course, we're available wherever you get your podcast. Now, make sure to follow me on social media. I'm on all platforms at Jason Patria. And check me out on LinkedIn where I share tons of cool tips and tricks and information about what I'm working on to help you lead with your brand. And remember, in your career, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.